The Angels have to make a big decision about Shohei Otani. Meanwhile, health made a decision for the Cleveland Guardians. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade. And once a week, I do a crossover with Locked On Diamondbacks, which means my co-host for today is... Miller Thomas, host of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You catch me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks about Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. Because for the YouTube audience, if you see different background for me today, because this is the hometown crossover for Sully and I, both of us back in our hometowns as we you know grew up in as little children, little kids. Well. For me, not as little kids. I'm in the house where I was up during my high school years in Palo Alto. My, as a little kid, I was in Massachusetts, but then we moved to Palo Alto. And then this is the house that uh, is still my mother's house up here in Palo Alto. Uh, by the way, this episode of Locked On MLB and Locked On Diamondbacks is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being the perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Motors, guaranteed fit ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit is available only to u.s customers sorry canada eligible items only exclusions apply yeah we're i'm up here in the bay area in i'm in my mom's home for the next few weeks you're in jersey where where did you the grow jersey. Jersey? back in central jersey central uh, jersey for the people central out there jersey. i don't know if i got any new jerseys out there yeah central jersey because there's a whole debate central north south central jersey does exist for the people out there who care about the east coast debate i know it's probably like three percent of y'all but the people who do care central jersey does exist are you near princeton are you, in, are you kind of near princeton at all or am i yeah kind of near it's like 35 minutes okay. you know we hang out okay. there sometimes okay. they got some really Hello. nice restaurants Try, out there. trying to get the <laughs> trying to get the ballpark anyway hey um before we get going here uh, we had a trivia question, and because I did two episodes back-to-back, the the trivia question kind of bled over to the next one. Uh, so we had uh, – the question was, who is the only pitcher in baseball history with 200 wins and 150 saves? And I said that when I saw that trivia question, I actually got it wrong. So I thought it may be an interesting trivia question. And a bunch of you did get it right. Uh, Craig Brindle, who uh, who is my go-to getting it right all the time, did indeed get it right. Uh, Court Stell, you got it right. Um, Chris Bonner, another listener. Uh, Kyle King, uh, a couple of Bill Jacobson. We got a bunch of people uh, because it was on there for a couple of days. Uh, Amy Green, who's always got some right. I got Craig and Amy Green going head-to-head in trivia. The answer, let me, let me throw it to you, Millard. Who is, who is the only player with 200 wins and 150 career saves? Man, I, you know, I, I feel like the answer is probably on the tip of my tongue, but I don't got one right now, and I don't want to sound dumb on the podcast, so I'm not even going to guess. So what is the answer, Sully? I guess Dennis Eckersley, because he was an all-star starter for a long time, then became an elite closer. But the answer was John Smoltz. 
And John Smoltz Ooh, obviously okay. had many, many years as a dominant starting pitcher. And there was a period of time after he had an injury at the beginning of the 2000s that they convert. He missed the entire 2000 season and they brought him back as a relief pitcher. And it turns out he was really good as a relief pitcher. And then they converted him back to being a starting pitcher. There's one of the great ironies uh, about that Braves run uh, because they had three Hall of Fame starting pitchers. Greg Mm -hmm. Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz. Greg Maddox was not on the team when they won the pennant in 91-92, but by the time he arrived in 93 as a free agent in – one of the uh, the three greatest free agent signings of all time. Braves signing Greg Maddox, Diamondbacks signing Randy Johnson, Giants signing Barry Bonds. Those are the three greatest free agent signings in history, in my humble opinion. And when you know Maddox came over and he – Yeah, and, and there, I mean, there are other great ones to be sure. Um, but that one – those three are the ones where – what they brought to the team, like for the excellence over the, the next decade or so was so astonishing. Um, but the the problem with when, you know, they went on that great run that they played, and I have to phrase this carefully, they played in every postseason between 1991 and 2005. There was a year where there was no postseason because of a strike. So they played in every postseason from that stretch. And they only won the World Series once because they played Cleveland. Um, But a lot of people, if you look at many of those years, there was always a critical meltdown of their closer. And they went through closers like Kleenex. And like it was every year, with the exception of Mark Wohlers, who had a very good year as a closer. That was the one year that they clinched the World Series. But the next year, Wohlers, you know, had a meltdown in the World Series. And the ironic thing is they had John Smoltz, who turned out to be a wonderful closer. And I have made the case that in a lot of those years, don't worry, we'll get to the topics we plan for in a second. In many of those years, their number four starter was as good as most people's ace or number two starter. They had Charlie Liebrandt, they had Steve Avery, they had Denny Nagel, they had Kevin Millwood. They had all these players who would be like the ace of another team, and he was buried as the number four starter on Atlanta. And I have said that if they had gone the entire year, Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, and then when they got to the postseason, have their number, have that solid pitcher go in the number three hole and John Smoltz be the closer, I think they would have won a couple more World Series. I have no evidence to back that up except (laughs) except the fact that John Smoltz turned out to be a spectacular closer, you know. That would have been incredible. The two guys that I was thinking of as potential answers was Ryan Dempster and Derek Lowe, just because I knew they both split time between starting. Derek Lowe is a great answer. Derek Lowe is a really great answer because Derek Lowe, by the way, had one of the strangest careers I've ever seen in my life because as a Red Sox fan following Derek Lowe, every single time I felt like I could count on him, he would fall apart. And every time I totally gave up on him, he became an all-star. That there was no rhyme or reason to Derek Lowe's career. And it was so appropriate, his final appearance as a Red Sox was winning the game that clinched the World Series. And, and then he left as a free agent. I said, good, I want that to be my last memory of him. My last memory, quit when we're ahead. <laughs> he wound up going to Los Angeles. Go out on top. 
Yeah, go out on top. Hey, uh, speaking of pitchers and teams maybe going out on top, uh, Shane Bieber, who is the ace of yeah. the Cleveland Guardians, is on the injured list right now. And with that move, now look, at it's, he's put to the 10-day IL. But, you know, it's not, those are never, you know, it's, it's rarely, um, you know, steadfast. Okay, they'll be back in exactly 10 days. Um, uh, up until that point, there were a lot of rumors about Shane Bieber being on the trade block, even though Cleveland was in first place by themselves during the all-star break. Um, as we record yeah. this, Cleveland is two games under 500, but only one game back in the loss column of first place. Uh, in some ways, I think this is going to help Cleveland because they do have a very good pitching staff, even without Bieber. And this prevents them from trading him uh, at the deadline. Uh, right now, the Minnesota Twins are one game above 500 and in first place by themselves. This is an incredibly winnable division. And I think that having Bieber on the injured list means they won't trade him, which means they're going to go down the stretch still with a shot to win this division. Yeah, with a shot. But I don't know. If you're the Guardians this year, do you just kind of maybe – Say this is not my year with the Beavers going on the injured list. McKenzie's been out your rotation the entire season. Maybe you're not going into this deadline saying, you know, it's a fire sale. We're trading all our players away. But maybe you just kind of stand pat and just maybe if there's like an old veteran that you have on your roster, that's like, you know what? Let's go send him to a playoff team for this season so he can make a run. And we just kind of stand pat so he can retool in the offseason and just get healthy because it's just not our year with the way injuries have been breaking down. I think the exact opposite in some way. I don't think they should – I don't think they should do a fire sale, nor do I think they should push in all their prospects for a rental. But I do think they should they should treat this like going to the bargain bin at Target. And if there are teams, you know, like the Rockies are going to have a bunch of players that are probably going to jettison because, you know, players are probably going to non-tender or players on the Royals or players on, uh, you know, on Washington, if they – what Cleveland, and it's funny, Cleveland and the New York Yankees have very similar needs right now. They just need a professional hitter in that lineup. If Cleveland, if the Guardians had just one or two, now I'm not talking stars. I'm not talking getting Ronald Acuna Jr. I'm talking, you know, Randall Grichik is someone I look at, like, put him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Is he going to cost you your top prospect? Of course not. C.J. Cron is not going to top, you know, pick your top prospect. But C.J. Cron is a veteran who is capable and say, hey, you're on a contender. Give us two decent months. And and two times, you know, you know three or four times during the game, his, his, you know, his spot in the lineup will come out and where he's not an automatic out. And maybe you'll get that little burst of energy. Cleveland needs that desperately because – even with McKenzie out, even with Bieber out, they've got good pitching. And this is an extraordinarily winnable division. And we've learned the teams that surprise in the postseason a lot of times are the ones that have the pitching depth more than the big sluggers. Look at, do I think Cleveland's going to win the World Series this year? No, I don't. But we've seen the last bunch of years, at least in the National League, surprise teams sort of get through there and it's usually been because of their pitching depth so you know okay i think cleveland i picked minnesota win the division this year and as of this recording they're in first place but they're only a game above 500 
You don't have to play remarkable baseball to punch your ticket. And, you know, at this point, you got to say, well, again, I don't touch any of your top prospects. You're not going to you're not going to try to pull off an Otani trade. But I would also just sort of going, who, hey, who wants who, who's going to just who are you going to non-tender? And you're just better off getting a minor leaguer instead of non-tendering and getting nothing. That's what I think they should be doing. Yeah, I actually don't mind that philosophy. Just because look at their roster, that they're so young. They really don't even have like the veteran that you want to even just like, you know what? It's not our year. We'll just trade him off to go get a piece back. They really even don't even have that guy that's like 35, 36 on their roster that would want to play for a championship team. Like this whole team is like 30 and younger. So I actually don't mind if there's like an impending free agent out there that maybe is struggling a little bit. You know, someone, if this was like Cody Bellinger on the Dodgers last season, if someone like, like that was out there you're like you know what he's going to be a free agent he's going to let's go see what you know let's go bring him to cleveland let's see if he could turn it around for a few months let's bring him in the building see what he has and if he can turn it around with a change of scenery then you know what we'll give him a two-year three-year extension for a little money and he can help us build the team for next season to help build that new playoff roster so i actually don't mind that philosophy for cleveland to maybe go out there and look at the rental market for guys that you maybe want to sign to long-term or short-term deals going forward and selfishly, that player may increase their value if they play well down the stretch for a contender. I just, I mean, I, that just has yeah. to be the way that it goes. Sleeper oh is this incredible app. Yeah, guys, if you're trying to win money, Sleeper is this incredible app because right now it's a daily fancy baseball app. You can win 100 times your money on Sleeper because Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to an eight-pick contest. You could pick up to eight players or more. Then you could pick their favorite stats they want to bet on, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. If you get your picks right, you can win big. And I'm also someone that uses Sleeper, not just for daily fantasy baseball, but when the football season rolls around, I also use Sleeper for my Dynasty football apps. If you look at the YouTube screen right now, Sully's got it pulled up on his screen. He's doing some fancy baseball. Lane some, Thomas. Some daily Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas got yeah. a couple of hits for the Nats. I got put right in there. I'm put my kids through Cal. Yeah, Sully. Take Lane Thomas. Take a little Aaron Judge to go yard, or who knows? You could win big. I use Sleeper. It's probably the best app out there for doing dynasty football. It's got all your roster saved, all your players saved. Look at that, little Justin Turner. You betting on him too to go yard tonight? Oh, yeah. Are you doing a little daily I'd fantasy baseball with Justin? Upper Turner? deck. Upper deck. Yeah, upper deck. So if you want to go win some money with Sleeper, use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. We are recording this on the 16th day of July 2023. We are recording this before the Angels play their game against Houston. Saturday, the Angels won a bizarre game. It was final score was 13 to 12. Uh, it was a wild uh, slugfest against the Houston Astros. But it was one where the Angels desperately needed to win because I think they were in a six or seven game losing streak at the time. They were in an absolute nosedive. Um, but even with that win, the chances of the Angels being even the third wild card team are really slim. I mean, you think about it, you take a look at the, right now you have the Orioles, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Houston Astros are the mm -hmm. uh, three American League wildcard teams. The Yankees are, you know, t you know, tapping on the outside looking in. 
Uh, the Red Sox are about, what, about three games out at this point. So, you know, they're still a long shot, but they're close. The The Angels are still floundering around, you know, you know right now they're at, they're still, they're a sub-500 team in what is going to soon be late July. Okay? They're not good. All that on the table. Here's my stance, and I, wa- and I want to get your take on this. Today, okay. and arguably before I finish this sentence, the Angels have to do one of two things because the third option is disastrous. The first option is they have to find out what Otani's number is. As the great comedian mm-hmm. Jackie Cation say, we've all got a number. What's the number? Tell me what the number is. What's the number that will have you sign right now and you'll stay in Anaheim, your great-grandkids can go to law school, everything is taken care of. And if they say there is no number, we're going to go to free agency, then you have to trade him right now, like to the point where he's already made his last pitching appearance as an angel. Because the closer you get to the deadline, the more risk you have that he may get hurt, and the more risk you have that uh, you know, a deal could fall apart. Because either they have to re-sign him long-term right now or get something in return. Because if he doesn't sign long-term right now and he hits free agency, there's a better chance that I'm on the Angels than Shohei Otani is next year. Yeah, and he probably should have already gotten the deal done. Like, it's probably too late to do a deal at this point, midway, you know, during this season if you wanted that otani long-term extension i think it would have to have been done before the season once otani oh, I can, hits yes i agree season, i agree yeah. yeah yeah there's no chance i think he's coming back to the angels and you know at the beginning of the season i would have told you the angels had to do everything to keep otani right with how the season started you're like you had to put the winning environment around him and everything but as the days goes on as we see them fall in the standings you're like it feels worse and worse the vibes feel worse around otani returning to la and as it currently stands i think you have to trade the angels i mean i just don't want to see the angels any longer with generational superstars personally i would like to see it all blown up with the angels trade otani go send him to whoever trade mike trout too because listen i want to see mike trout in a good situation i want to see him in a winning environment that man deserves so much more i feel like the baseball life is just being drained out of mike trout that happiness when it comes to baseball that joy is being drained out of him so i want to see both of them maybe do some insane package where you get the top 40 prospects back from someone else's organization both the trout and otani that would probably never happen but from the angels they've had they've done such a disservice to their stars to their fans they've had no idea how to build a roster when you have the two greatest players that we've ever seen in the last 20 years it's been really disgusting that we've seen from the angels so personally i think it's time for the angels just to blow it up trade everyone do a fire sale and just restart this whole thing pretend that you never had the two greatest players in generational history pretend that you never had these two transcendent players and just wasted their careers because if i'm an angels fan i don't even want to remember the mike trout era i don't even want to remember the the otani era the fact that we had these two stars and could do absolutely nothing with them just trade them away and let some other team figure out how to build a contending roster with those players and you made a point I 100% agree with that this there is no excuse that we're going we went into this season with this still hanging over the team. They should have done this before the year. But, you know, either make the deal or make the deal. But instead, yeah. you know, the, I'll tell you that you know, we can't be Superman and fly around the earth and 
put time back, okay? And what should have happened going into this year was they should have just cleaned the entire front office out. Everybody. Because I can prove in a court of law that this front office has been horrible. Because you said, we've got Otani, we've got Trout. And you can't even put a mediocre product around them. You need to at least say, we got a new GM. We got a new scouting director. We got a new direction. Moving forward, we're going to put a good team around you. But now they're like, yeah, this. you mean the same guys who for the what, how long has it been? The last six years have had Trout and Otani, and that combination has seen, forget a, a World Series title, have they seen a winning team? Have they been on a team that's been above 500? And when you do wins above replacement, you have those two players whose wins are above replacement by a significant amount, which means everyone else is worse than a replacement player. And going yeah. into this year saying, hey, we're going to have a different direction. We're not going to win this year. And I'm sorry, Halo Brothers at Lockdown Angels. You do, they, they do a great job on their show. But when I started the year and I said, I don't see any change with this team. I don't see why this team is a contender. And they're like, oh, they've improved this. They've improved that. They've improved this. They've improved that. Here we are. It's mid-July, and the Angels are sellers. And again, the Angels make piles of money. The Angels are a very profitable franchise. They have a very good fan base. They have very good attendance. They make a lot of money on their television package. They're actually, you know, people give them guff, but they're they, the fans support that team. And they yeah. have they have these two great stars, but you know, he's gonna walk. You've got the Mets have an angry fan base, the Yankees have an angry fan base, the Cubs have an angry fan base, the Giants want to splash, the Dodgers want to splash, Seattle has a restless fan base, Baltimore's on the verge of something. By the way, Baltimore is the team that I think, and I made this point, I think they're the team the Angels should be talking to because the the Orioles have a ton of outstanding prospects. And even if Otani is just a rental, what it will mean for that franchise to potentially win a World Series this year, which I think they suddenly, I think they'll pass Tampa if they had Otani. And I wow. think would be the, because they're only two games back right now. Yeah, and if cool. they had Otani they would suddenly become the favorite to win the American League pennant. And even if Otani skedaddles, what that would mean for that franchise and everything like that to finally win, to get back to the World Series, put a World Series in Camden Yards, and maybe Otani would be like, hey, wait a minute, this is a great baseball city. I could fall in love with this. I think they're the team that they should be talking to. The Yankees don't have the trade chips to pull this off. If they would, those trade chips would already be on the major league roster. The Mets don't have the trade chips to pull this off. The Cubs don't have the trade chips to pull this off. And I don't think Seattle has the trade chips to pull this off. I think you'll have the Orioles will have to get, but like, like can't miss all-star prospects. And, I think you're, there are more of those in Baltimore than any other organization right now. And if you'll say, oh, we traded away these prospects, yes, but we got Shohei Otani and a legitimate chance to go to the World Series, you make that trade. You know, if yeah. for no well, other it depends reason how the many money teams, they'll bring in. 
Yeah, it depends how many teams. A lot of the teams with the best prospects, maybe they're not in the best position to win, even if they got Shohei or Otani, or maybe they don't even want to give up the amount of prospect that it would take to get Shohei or Otani. And they would also have to ask themselves, once we acquire Shohei or Otani, is that with knowing he's going to sign with us long-term, or do we still have to play the free agency game? Are we getting Otani with his intent to sign with us long-term? Because you can't trade for him and still let him hit the open market and still let him walk. If you're trading for Otani, you have to know he's okay staying with you long term because there's some other teams that could mention in terms of the prospects that they could give up to the angels could make a play like a team like my team the arizona dimebacks they have more than enough young talent to go get otani but i don't think they would do it one because i don't think they would probably pony up the money and two because i don't know if otani would want to stay in arizona long term for that kind of deal so it is going to be kind of tough to find a team that has both the 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 amount of prospects like a team like the yankees like you mentioned would love otani but their farm system always sucks and you also don't know how the angels evaluate other teams farm systems like maybe they do actually like whoever the yankees have in their farm system i don't even know but it all depends on how angel scouts and evaluators also see other teams and when i also just think about this angels franchise throughout the otani mike trout era just the other thing that kind of gets me upset it just maybe like when i look at some of their weaknesses is maybe the lack of just overall spending when it comes to that team because i don't know the financials of that owner like every owner in major league baseball makes money but when you look at who they actually pay of course mike trout makes money but outside of that like you're paying anthony rendon 35 million but you look at the last decade like it's albert pujols it's the rendones got a little cj wilson's in there but you're not really josh hamilton a ton too. Of money in the time you did yeah josh hamilton like you haven't spent a ton of money but that was all like a decade that was literally all in one summer when you got like the pujols the hamilton and the cj wilson's and then since then you spent money on uh anthony rendon like if i'm the angels and you talk about cleaning office or like clean that front cleaning the front office what i would have wanted to see is you bring in a super aggressive ultra gm like the dave dombrowski type who comes in he blows up your farm system he goes out yeah. acquires the chris sales of the world goes out there spends money in free agency and you just do what the phillies have done the rangers have done the mets have done the last couple of years where maybe it does work out maybe it doesn't because we've seen the hit or misses with the case studies of the mets and the phillies and the rangers where maybe that first year isn't good or maybe that second year isn't good but at least you're spending money and pulling talent on the field and building the best roster possible because guess what just just doing these number four stars Starters as your aces in your rotation behind the Otanis haven't worked out. And I will at least seeing a GM in a front office be super aggressive. Knowing you have these two generational talents, we're going to go out there. We're going to try to do the AJ Preller method and get as many stars as possible in the LA Angels. It's not like this is a team in the middle of Ohio. This no. is still, I mean, they're, they're not LA, but they're, they're close. They're Anaheim. They're still in California. They're still so yeah. proud. So this is still a great destination for any superstar i think it's crazy that they haven't added more talent spend more money during the offseason or gotten more aggressive in the trade market well it's also they've had the trout era is over a decade old and you should be at yeah. this point be able to build a pitching staff through your farm system now i now i it's worth noting of course that over the last decade and a half the the you know the angels had two deaths of young pitchers and nick Adenhart died in I think it was 2009, Tyler Skaggs died in 2019. I mean, if they had had those two young pitchers, would have developed into fine pitchers on the roster. I don't know the answer to that. Neither do you. But even in the wake of those two tragedies, that's still more than enough time to build a pitching staff. Build one through your farm system. Yeah. Build one through scouting. This is why I say they have the thing that would have made over the offseason, 
to say, show, hey, guess what? We got all new people running it. We're going to put a good product on the field. And, I, you know, I I personally believe I, – I, I keep fluctuating between a couple of teams. My instinct says he's going to go to the Mets. Part of me thinks he's going to go to the Cubs. And part of me thinks there's a team we're not thinking about, like San Francisco or Seattle, who's going to swoop in. San Francisco certainly wants to make a splash. But the nightmare scenario for the Angels, I think, may unfold, which is they'll get nothing. They'll get a compensation pick draft, you know, uh, a supplemental pick. But for this generational talent, they'll get someone who might be a decent, you know, utility infielder. Um, Because I don't trust the scouting department to draft well. They've had over a decade to draft well. You know, so I, I don't – it's sad, but I think he's good. I think he's good as gone. And if he is good as gone, get the best player you possibly can. You'll never replace his value. But you got to try something. Yeah, because that's one of the issues – yeah, because that's one of the issues with the Mike Trout era is when you think of Mike Trout and his whole time with the Angels, who's his partner in crime during that that was developed by the Angels? The guy you're like, okay, it's Mike Trout Nobody. and this guy taking your team like – yeah, there's no core with the Angels outside of Mike Trout. Like, at least when you think about, you know, the Red Sox pre all the trades, like you had your triple Bs of these homegrown guys and the Yankees when they were winning all their stuff. And even the Dodgers, they always, like, you think of all these great teams in Major League Baseball, they have cores that were homegrown and developed by their system. Or, or and the whether they're home just have Mike Trout. I mean, think about, like, when, you know, the Giants had, they had Buster Posey, who was their MVP, but they all had Pablo Sandoval. They had, Brandon Belt, they had, you know, Crawford, they would trade for the Scooteros, or they would trade for the Hunter Pences of the world, but they had, you know, they had developed a rotation with Lincecum homegrown. Those have your Kane core, home. at least. Yeah, Lincecum, Baumgartner, Kane, you know, Johnson Sanchez one year, Jake Peavy another year, Brian Wilson out of the pen one year, Castilla another year, Sergio Romo, they had a, they had a phenomenal bullpen you know, Affelt and, and Javier Lopez and all them. But you saw there was a group of players who they could always turn to that you know, okay, Belt, I can always turn to Belt. I know I can turn to, you know, come come postseason time, you know, Sandoval, you know, turned into a big star. Um, there's, you're right. Who is the, the go-to second baseman? Who is the go-to, who flanks, you know, Trout on either side in the outfield? It's they've had they've had a they've had a generation to do this and they they haven't pulled it off. Yeah, because we well, talk look, about the lack of the rotation, but just the lack of development anywhere on the roster that's just been awful for the Angels uh, and yeah. the pitching's part of that. It's astonishing. Um, I uh, we're gonna wrap up here with two quick things. First of all, um, I've been up here and and I've been watching a bunch of Giants games with you know. My, my my mother, my family, extended family, and, and friends of the family here. And one of them, the brilliant Dr. D- uh, Dolph Pfefferbaum, was here. He was basically a member of our family and wanted to watch the Giants game. And, of course, the Giants game was on Apple TV. And he kept flipping back and forth to where the Giants normally would be. And I said, it's on Apple TV. I said, well, maybe it's over here. I said, trust me, it's on Apple TV. Well, maybe it's over here. I said, I know this. It's on Apple TV. And he asked, because he's a brilliant man, the question, why is it on Apple TV? I said, Ooh. I don't know. And today it was on Peacock. Therefore, making yeah. the entire Bay Area wondering, where the hell is the game? And look, at, I understand baseball is trying to open up some markets and new revenue. But here's the deal, okay? 
you're doing that, putting it on Peacock, putting on Apple TV or whatever, to attract fans who aren't normally watching baseball. You're subscribed to Apple TV and say, oh, today we got the baseball game on. You can flip over to watch it. What you don't do is alienate the fans you've already got. Like if you have a Patreon account for your podcast, okay, the people who subscribe to the Patreon account are still going to get the free episodes. It's not like I put on the Patreon account, but the free episodes are over here. You want to keep them all together. And the one thing you don't want to do, especially since we have 4 billion choices to watch and listen to, is have people say, where is it? I don't know. Fine, I'll watch this. The minute you say, where is it, you've lost. So if the people who are already fans are saying, where is it? That's a bad thing. I know you're trying to find new fans. And whether or not this works or not, I'm not. It's, that's outside my pay grade. But never get your diehard fans who are looking forward to the game to say, where is it? And then ask, why is it there? And why do I have to subscribe to something when you already have me as a fan? So I just wanted to yeah, throw it, that one little plea out there. Keep it in one place. Yeah, and sadly, yeah. it's not even like a baseball issue. It's just the way we see with sports and streaming now with Amazon Prime getting the game, YouTube TV getting the game, like you said, Peacock and Apple TV. Like every streaming service just wants a piece of it, and these sports leagues are just going to give it to the highest bidder, whoever wants but, their games. And, and I understand that. I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is also keep it where it usually is because – you, what you're trying to do there is you're trying to find new oh, don't fans. make it exclusive of what you're saying. Don't make yeah, it, don't make don't it make exclusively exclusive. to that. For everyone who's already there, yeah, we're already here. But you're trying to branch out. Okay. But hey, it's also playing on Apple TV. Oh, and, so, and so someone who may not normally watch a baseball game is like, oh, okay. Yeah, watch that. But while we're having dinner over the Giants game and we're 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 flipping around like crazy, we put we put it on the radio. We put it on KNBR. We have seven quadrillion devices at this place, and not one of them was playing the Giants game. And uh, think about that. When you have your, your core fans going, where is it? Where? That's a bad thing. Hey, um, I'm going to throw out – oh, so what you got? Well, I was going to say, can I actually give you my favorite Otani conspiracy of where I would want him to go? Oh, please, please, please. Okay, because I actually want him to stay in the same kind of color scheme, still stay with that red and white, because this is a team that's called a lot of frustrations for both of us, Sully, the last few years. This is a team that has been clearing the books for somebody, right? They couldn't afford the Mookie Betts of the world. They couldn't afford the Xander Bogarts. They've been getting younger with the rookies. They hit on the Yoshidas of the world. Maybe that was the first inclination to bring in Shohei Ot. Tani, and maybe this team would just clear in the books to bring in a big fish on the payroll. Maybe it's the Boston Red Sox who want to pair him with Rafael Devers, get the nastiest power lefty duo in the league, bring up Marcelo Mayer because he cannot be included in this package. He is the future of the Boston Red Sox. At least that's what they're selling and marketing to us. You got you need some more rotation help, but you get Otani in Boston with the red and white. You get him a going against the, the green monster, peppering that with doubles, hitting home runs to right field hitting that pesky pole otani in boston i think would be a lot of fun imagine all those boston people in the accents otani i don't even know how to do a boston accent but them doing the show otani otani 
I think it would be phenomenal. This is the conspiracy that I've been waiting for. Get him to Boston because they finally got the money to pay him. Oh, they got the money to pay him. Yeah. They've always had the money to pay him. Um, yeah, I would love that. that. I would love that. I think there's a better chance they'll sign me than Otani. Oh, but uh, I mean, I would lo- look at. It. I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong. I didn't think he was going to sign with the Angels. I thought originally he was going to sign with the Cubs. So, um, yeah, you know, look at. It. I would love that. I still think. Uh, I think. I think. I think he wants to. I think he's going to stay on the West Coast. And I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling he's going to end up in Dodger Blue. But we'll see. Stays in California. We'll, we'll Doesn't travel that far. Um, let's do our let's do our trivia uh, question for today. Um, we just had the All Star Game, and so it's going to be my last All Star Game question. Uh, but who is the only? What is the only time that the All Star Game manager? was the manager of the Montreal Expos. Only once in the history of the All-Star Game did the Montreal Expos manager manage the All-Star team. Who was it and why would the Expos, a team that never won the pennant, have their manager be the All-Star Game manager? I know, uh, Craig and Amy, you're going to be getting it right, and some of you all throw that out there as well. Send your questions at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast. On Instagram, Miller, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Career Times 24 for my personal account. Look up Lockdown Dimebacks on Twitter, Instagram, or on YouTube, Lockdown Dimebacks, of course, on all your streaming platforms. Are we sure Craig and Amy are not just Googling answers and then telling you the answer is Sully Baseball? That's why I want to get them on the show and see if we can do a quiz okay. show with them to see, to see how, how good they are. By the way, fill out that immaculate grid on uh, baseballreference.com, single grace website on the history of the planet Earth. I'm having a lot of fun trying to get that uh, rarity number in single digits every day. So I'm pulling stuff out like Stan Pappy with yeah. the Tigers and Red Sox or Don Ossie with the uh, Orioles and Mets. I'm having a blast with that. So uh, we're we're doing that too. So I saw yours the other day. You had like a six or something, Sully. I was yeah. like, how did I got, how I, did he get it that low? I'm usually like, well, I got it to three. My lowest is a three. I got a three. So anyway, yeah, so, so I'm like in the six hundreds. I feel like. <laughs> um, and also follows the lockdown MLB pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, rejoicing for the injury of Shane Bieber, oddly, and grinding our teeth at the, well, the incompetence around Shohei Otani. This has been a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover.